and uh, happy Hanukkah. Oh, thank you. Hello, Karen, and happy Christmas Eve, Eve. Well, thank you. And happy Festivus to everyone. Yes, um, very Festivus. And, and uh, we've missed everyone. Yeah, we have been having this weird-ass tech. You guys, if there is some techie person out there who is like, I know what's going on, we are all ears. We've been having some techno snafus. Like, I think we're having one right now. Ducking in and out, not physically, just uh, cyberly. Um, because for whatever reason, we really don't know why, guys. Um, there's something going on with my connection, and it just keeps petering inside, uh, like, on and off. And um, so we've tried a few different ways to connect and record, and, and the problem ends up keeping the same. Um, and my cable company has yet to be able to offer any help um, so, so we'll see, but we didn't want to leave you guys hanging. It's already been too long. So we're gonna, we're gonna have an interrupted session here on the block. And, uh, as, as I think I've said before, it's, it's not you, it's me. Um, I take full credit, but having said that, we're gonna plow forward. Um, and Karen will be the heroic host and, um, Let's do it, because it's been a while. Let's do it. Um, we we are talking season four, episode 10, El Cid. And I have to tell you, Doug, I had to look at these notes like four times, because it's been a while. I think we intended to record this either four or five weeks back. Yeah, it's been a while. And so I, I was like flipping through the notes, and I was like, no, that's not right, because that's all. That was weeks ago. You know what? This episode was packed to the gills. That's, uh, yeah, this was one of those episodes where they really moved stuff forward. Because I was like, oh my god, all of this happened in one episode. Yeah, and finally, I, yes, interesting that you say that, because there are things that happened even, like, within segments, let alone just from, like, the cliffhanger of one segment to the next, that they could have dragged out across episodes. That could have each been cliffhangers of individual episodes that dragged on. So, yes, they're action-packed, and I guess we're about to find out if you actually liked the action, if you approved of the action. I think with this one, it was somewhat approved, yet, oh, darling, scratching my head. That, yeah, I think that jives. There yeah, was that some serious right. head-scratching going on through this episode. So, as we're kicking things off, um, when we left the uh, episode nine several weeks back, um, was that where where um, Amanda, Sid walked in on Amanda with That's a breathing right. tube, right? Jack, Jack had finally, truly expired, and Sid walked in on Amanda in what looked like a very compromising criminal position. Right. It looked like Amanda had removed the breathing tube, but what had really happened was that Jack made a lunge for Amanda, and he removed it himself. Anyway... Sid walked in. She saw the whole thing. Now we have the cold open where Sid puts the breathing tube back onto Jack, onto Jack's mouth. Um, and then the doctors come in and try to resuscitate. Now this um, whatever, the, yes. whatever the last thing you said was, yes. I didn't hear it, but I agree. <laughs> That's, That's what resuscitate. <laughs> and you crapped out. Isn't that funny? I said the word resuscitate, and you were like, what? What? <laughs> yep. It's like you and, lacked oxygen I, there for a minute. Yeah, we cut off my line. Yep. Yes. Okay. 
so the doctors that are resuscitating him were saying that Amanda removed the tube, but Sid was in the, Jack did, okay, yeah, this is where I got really confused because it's like, they said Amanda removed the tube. But, but we know Amanda didn't re review the tube, remove the tube. It was, it was Jack that did it in the struggle. Anyway, it was very confusing. Do you even remember this? Do you remember, do you know what I'm talking about? Because my notes are a little sketch. No, I don't remember it happening that way. I just remember them coming to try and save him to no avail. But I don't remember anything unlike the doctor's end implicating Amanda. Yeah, like I remember somebody said something about Amanda removing the tube, and it was like, but no, Amanda didn't remove the tube, he removed it himself, and it was like maybe Sid said something, and, and, and she was standing right there? Doesn't Sid disappear? She she plugs the thing back in, We it's, it's a bait and switch kind of, because we think she's really going to go after Amanda, and she kind of saves Amanda in the moment, and then kind of silently backs out of the room right. and disappears. Right, right plans for later but not in the moment well anyway michael pronounces him dead jack's gone bye bye jack yeah he's really dead yeah he's definitely dead you know and and the thing that i was i kept waiting for him to like sort of be like <gasps> and then leap back up <laughs> no this was not a was friday the 13th <laughs> this is not the end of die hard because <laughs> like i totally if i was the writer I would have been like, yeah, let's just go. He like, takes this big breath and he like sits up and he comes back to life and he's like, Vampire Jack. No, um, maybe twenty years from now, from then they would have, but alas, alas, no, no vampires. No Antonio, vampires Antonio is gone. So bye bye bad acting. Anyway, <laughs> well, moving eh, on. One example, yes. <laughs> Moving on, I think the next scene we're going over to Peter's house, and he's pacing because Kimberly was out, and, and he's holding on to the bracelet. Now, remember the last episode, Kimberly George foreman her bracelet <laughs> off there um, with the George Foreman grill. I don't know what the hell she did. Um, burned it off, smashed it off, I'm not entirely sure. Um, so that she could go interview with Dr. Joyce Brothers to be her fill-in. And it almost sounds like Mad Libs, and yet that is actually the plot that was written. <laughs> you guys, I'm not making this up. So Crazy Kimberly is now going to be a radio shrink. It seems rather perfect. Yeah, that's the thing. This is a great idea. It this is actually idea. like um, the, the New York slash Vulture magazine approval matrix. It's lowbrow brilliant. I agree with that. Lowbrow brilliant right here. Okay. So she comes back and she's, and, and obviously Peter is upset and she tells Peter, this is my shot at a job and, and, and he wants her to quit. And then Amanda calls in the middle of all this and she tells him that Jack's dead. And so he has to go. Like, Peter loves Amanda. He's going to go to race by her, to be by her side. And he tells Kimberly he'll call the cops if she leaves the house again. So he's going to bust her. Yes. Here's my question. My notes during this scene were, why does Kimberly sound nuts again? And this is what is sort of making me, like, driving me batty about this particular storyline. They're trying to redeem Kimberly so that she can stay on the show 
and viewers aren't like, why is that murdering psychopath still on the show? Shouldn't she be in jail? Like, they're trying to do this thing where they redeem her. But then they have these moments with her where she seems irredeemable because she seems to be falling back into that, uh-oh, here comes unstable Kimberly again. Right. Well, they're making her, they're keeping her unstable, but they're making her less, what's the word I want? Like a criminal? Like less of like a murderer? Less criminally insane and more just kind of goofy. Like, yeah, like unstable, but not like she'll blow up an entire building again. But you hit on something important with the redemption thing. Can you still hear me before I keep talking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because they're trying to redeem Peter concurrently with Kimberly. And this is where Doug says something really smart and we don't get to hear it. Presumed to be jail. We missed the whole thing, my dear. Okay. Um, what I said was uh, we're redeeming Peter too. Right. Because until he came back at the end of season three, like he was also a jackass. Right. He and ran off with like that to... weird lady. <laughs> Jasmine, Jasmine guy. guy. <laughs> that weird lady. But right. So he was bad. He was a criminal. And so it's like he comes back and he's supposed to be a hero and also worthy of Amanda. And Kimberly is responsible for at least one woman's murder and, like, the intended death of, like, 10, 12 people. Um, and we're supposed to be like, eh, but it was out of her control. And now she's just, like, lovably unstable. So they're really trying to redeem them both at the same time. And it's weird just because their relationship from the beginning has always been, uh, like, not really believable, inorganic. I'm not sure what the right word is. Yeah. But now, now they're in, like, this big brother, little sister kind of thing going on, partly because of his own admitted history with his sister. And um, I don't know. No, I, I think that w- I think that it is a very awkward um, pairing because they – I think that, you know, the expectation perhaps – is that there is going to be some sort of like romantic entanglement between them and the, and they're just not going there. Whereas like this is Melrose place. Everybody is romantically entangled. Right. And honestly, it's got to be the only time they have a long-term story arc with a man and a woman where the end game is not to get them together. Yeah. And it's like the writers don't quite know what to do with them which in I that instance. It, which I think is partly and a rare example of this show where it's like they are killing time. They are treading water story-wise because it's like they almost don't either didn't know what to do or like didn't want to have Kimberly dive into another like public bout of insanity. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll discuss it as you know, the rest of the season unfolds. The stories actually get more outlandish to the point where it kind of feels even more jump the shark i don't i don't think the show has jumped the shark yet i think season four is markedly different than it was but i think it's still flirting with like campy storytelling i really think it does submerge later on the season and it's primarily with kimberly um we're not there yet but this just does feel awkward right and it's a lot of time that has taken us away from the block yeah, I mean, I think that at this point, I almost feel like we have grown, the characters have grown away. It's kind of like they had their starter homes, their starter apartments, and now they're moving into different, you know, they, they need to move into different apartments. 
if that makes sense. You probably didn't hear me. I didn't, but I trust it. Okay, great. <laughs> I will never make you repeat yourself. I will just trust you. Okay, so we're going to go to the hospital where Michael is with Amanda, and Michael tells her that they're going to be ordering an autopsy. Uh, autopsy. Blah, blah, an autopsy, of course. So, um, by the way, it's um, apropos of nothing, <laughs> you saying that reminds me of, if there are any Housewives fans watching, I have become one in the last couple of years with my uh, fiancé and um, uh, our all-time favorite uh, housewife, Ramona Singer from New York, pronounces things like that. She says, audacity instead of audacity, <laughs> uh, things like that. So it just reminded me of that. Look also, that. Side- I'm a real housewife and I didn't even know it. You are. You are the real housewife of Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> I don't, because we had attempts to record and then didn't. I don't know that we've actually publicly said on the podcast since the last time. Um, my beloved and I got engaged, so we're now fiancés. So if it sounds different between me saying my girlfriend or, or, or whatever else I may have said, and now I'm saying fiancé, that is why. That is what has happened in real life in Just addition to what's happening on the block. Getting in due time. He's getting married. Any listeners that want to come to the eventual wedding, you're welcome to come. Just he's, let us know. He's going to be a smug married. A smug married? That's me, VV Smug. Yep, he's going to be smug married. Um, so congratulations are in order. And this is not the only wedding that we're going to be talking about tonight. That's absolutely right. By we have the kind way. of a big deal coming up. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a really big deal. Okay. So, um, it, or, or topsy, um, <laughs> oh God. Um, and Michael without, without even doing the autopsy, this is how good of a doctor he is, knows that the breathing tube has been tampered with. Yeah. That's, that's some good doctoring. And that's when Peter shows up and whisks her away from Michael. And then Michael runs into Sid and Sid's like, I know everything because she said, of course she does. She actually does, though. Yeah, and then Peter pulls Amanda into a closet to find out what <laughs> happened. Um, and I have to say, Heather Locklear's eye makeup was on point in this episode, in this moment, in this scene. It was really good eye makeup. Um, I will have to defer to both you and my fiancé, exclamation point, um, who know more about this than me. So anyway, then there's like one thing that she sort of says that I made a note about that was um, she says something about being free for the first time in years. And I'm, I was like, what? Like, wh- like, what is she talking about? She's free for the first time in years because the guy is dead. Like, she's been free since we met her. Yes, except they just rewrote her entire history. So this is part of that. Okay, we're not going to dwell. I'm just pointing that out. I mean, you know, they might as well have said she's Chinese. It's just like this was something she never was until this season, and now it's where we are. Am I the – like, is it – does it – are you – how are you able to be a duck about this? Like, it's just rolling off your back. And I – and it it is making me crazy. Well, because I've known about this for 25 years, so – I mean, like, what am I supposed to say? They reinvented it. They reinvented history. It's going to piss you and me off more because they do it yet again in another season. Not with Amanda. With Amanda. They give her a whole new season story? Yeah. Something completely different again? 
they completely erase the fact that she had a, a new past in Miami, and they make it sound like now she grew up all along in L.A. And, and it's, that's in the final season. Good Lord. But anyway. No one, if audiences then just, you know, like accepted it and moved on. Okay, we're going to go go to the block here. We're in Melrose Place where Jake's hungover, and I guess he and Matt uh, meet at the mailboxes where Matt gets his acceptance letter. He is going back to medical school. Yeah, funny how he got into medical school. And also, I'm not sure what kind of timetable they're operating on. I guess the acceptances do the time warp as well. But, um, but yeah, good news, Matt. Congratulations. You almost earned it yourself. Oh, you're... You're two points away from earning it yourself. <laughs> and that's when Joe comes down the stairs and she starts like bitching about Shelly and Richard. Like, oh yeah, she and Jake are bickering about Shelly. Because now remember, Joe is supposed to go away to a shoot uh, with Richard in Hawaii. Um, he he turned it into a not something that seemed a little bit suspicious that it wouldn't be about work. And so she called it off. Um, and she went to go tell Jake, and she caught Jake with Shelly on the desk in the dimly Drunkenly, lit. yeah. Yeah, in the dimly lit office. That's right. <laughs> Where she's doing the books by candlelight. Um, so, anyway, she, she tells Jake, I called off the trip. You were right. I was going there to tell you this, and, and I was going there to tell you that I called it off because I love you. And so, Jake is just being an asshole to her again because... You know, I mean, he's being an asshole because he knows that he's wrong and he can't do anything but be an asshole. So anyway, um, anyway, he's being he's being a jerk. So she slaps him. And I have to say, Jake deserved it. Yeah, this is one of those times where Jake is really being a jerk. And um, unlike the Jake that we know and love, but so be it. We have to move stories along. Right. So we're going to move along to Haley's mansion, his compound. And there's a pool and Allison's swimming. That's right. Yeah. And and while she's swimming in the pool, um, he asks Allison to marry him. They sure do move fast around here. Just FYI, my proposal was a lot more meaningful than that. Yeah, it was very, it was almost like a, like a business decision. Like, hey, we should have yeah. a merger. Yeah, and it almost wasn't even like a question. It was more like, we're going to the mall later today. Thanks. See you soon. Yeah. So, and I don't remember, was this where she was like, oh, I need to think about it? Because it really was, like, the most unromantic thing, like, in the world. Yeah, but here's the thing. She really is still thinking about it. Yes, she is thinking about it. I mean, her instinct is not wrong to be, like, WTF. And yet, she does actually seem to care for Haley. So, so she's weighing the pros and cons. Right. And I know that, and they, this is sort of like brought up later in the episode, where one of the things that she's weighing is sort of like how they got together. Like this was never yeah. supposed to happen. Right. Okay. So we're going back to the hospital. Um, Peter and Michael are talking about Amanda's situation. Um, they get a delivery. They get notes, and Amanda <laughs> gets one too. And the notes are all from Sid. Again, we're all we're still like five minutes into the episode, or like five minutes past the opening. I mean, like a lot is happening very yeah. quickly. Yeah, like somebody's dead, somebody's getting married, Someone's somebody broken gets up for good. slapped. Yeah. Like it's like there's a lot of shit going on here. So we're gonna hoof it to shooters, and Allison's there looking for Joe, and Jake bitches about Joe. 
uh, banging the boss, which would be Richard, even though she's not. And then she tells Jake about her proposal, and and she like sort of is like, it wasn't romantic. And and Jake basically tells her she needs to get over Billy. Um, yeah, but I'm gonna, let's pause because yeah. I really want to say I love this scene, and it's. There's no way for me to be objective about it because I love Jake and I love Allison, as we all know. And if you look at it, because they had like that cute episode in the very beginning of season one where they had that flirtation. Yeah. And then later on in the future, there is going to be more with the two of them as a couple. Um, So having this kind of in between those two points, um, I like very much. It's almost as if the writers really did have a Bible for a minute and were planting seeds for something later to come and recognizing some, like, brief moment of history. And I really liked it. Also, Jake's advice is not wrong. No, no. And and she even sort of, well, and Allison also brings up that it would be weird that she would be Billy's mother-in-law, which, which yes. Which is funny and, and it and would be weird. Nice, nice that the show demonstrated some actual self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah, because this is a little, this would be an awkward sort of situation. Because, you know, all these soaps are always incestuous because you're dealing with the same people in the canvas and eventually they all have to marry and be each other's, like, step-parents or in-laws and stuff. <laughs> so at least they're calling themselves out. It's just like real life. It, well, oh, I did not say Oh, no, it's not. Okay. Anyway, we're going to, sh- uh, we, we are done with shooters. We're going to go to D&D. And Allison and Billy are working late, and I guess the next day, Billy and Brooke are flying to a winery to meet with a client. Um, and she's about to tell Billy about Haley when Brooke walks in and interrupts, and Brooke thinks that she's having, that Allison is having trouble with Daddy, but that's not the case. We know different, yeah. Yeah, we know different. Um... Okay, so where Sydney's notes? Let's we got to go back to Sydney's notes because we're going to a sushi restaurant because this is where Sydney's notes directed everybody to meet. Okay, and again, this is one of my favorite moments of season four. I love this. This scene. is this is especially if you're Sid fans like you and I are, and hopefully everyone listening is. Um, like this is her at her best. Can I just say though, there was no reason for this. The reason is entertainment. I the know, reason is but... our enjoyment. <laughs> I mean, but there, but there is nothing about this that propels anything forward except like, the, the or this scene, this moment. It was great, but it's just sort of like, well, thank God they put it in because we love Sid. Anyway, they're at a sushi restaurant. First of all, did you notice Michael can't sit on the floor? Yeah, yeah. Everything about this is great. Yeah, he's so awkward, and all of a sudden we get Geisha Sydney walking in. She opens the sliding doors, dressed, like, head-to-toe as a geisha. geisha. Yes. I mean, it is drag, Sid. It is drag queen, Sid. It's, it, 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 it's true, and and it's amazing. Yeah. It's just perfect. So, Sid basically runs down everything that she has on all of them about, you know, Jack and murder and illegal and medical <laughs> records, and she just runs it all down. And she basically says she wants 50% of Amanda's inheritance from Jack. Um, and, and she tells, and then she says she wants nothing from Michael, but Michael doesn't believe her because, I mean, why should he? 
Um, anyway, so so that's Sydney's deal. She she wants fifty percent of the inheritance of, of Amanda's inheritance from Jack, and she wants nothing from Michael. What does she want from Peter? Is the is he like wrapped up in the inheritance? I don't remember now what she wanted from Peter. It, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, you lost. You lost me, but all I, all I was going to say was, I actually don't know. Oh, okay. Um, so now we're going to go to Melrose Place, where Brooke, remember, who is pregnant, is in the bathroom sick. And so she's barfing, and she needs to skip this trip to the winery. Um, and so Alan comes, uh, Allison comes over. She brings layouts, and it turns out she's going to go on the trip. Um and and so because the bosses upstairs wanted a bigger show so they didn't want billy to go alone they wanted um you know i I don't know who the bosses upstairs would be would that be amanda i thought she was the only one running the show it seems to be that she would be but but we don't know but whatever so we have bosses upstairs now so 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 allison and billy have to go to this winery together brooke has to stay home because she's puking Barf City. Barf City. So at the hospital now, we whisk over to uh, the hospital where Sid is bringing Michael coffee. Um, he's on pins and needles because Sid is has no blackmail demands on him, and he's just, like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Exactly. And, and all Sid wants to do is she wants Michael to take her to Matt's party at Shooters because Matt's having a party at Shooters because he got into medical school. To celebrate, yeah. yeah. Um, so now we go to Hawaii. Where we see Richard lounging um, on the beach, poolside, yeah, yeah poolside by the beach. Import, and, okay, important to say, yeah. not the beach, but the pool, because this is very clearly not filmed in Hawaii, but like a Ramada Inn. <laughs> so he gets a phone call from Joe, um, and they flirt on the phone, and come to find out she's basically across the pool on the other side. So she went. She flew to Hawaii. To be with Richard, we assume. Um, we got to go to Peter's office where Amanda says that um, Jack's lawyers are on to them. And how do we get a lawyer out of your oh, – how do we get a lawyer out of your life and Kimberly out of mine? So that's what Jack's sister – sorry, that's what Jack Wagner, Peter, says to Amanda – how do we get a lawyer out of your life and Kimberly out of mine? And they kiss. They are officially back. Now together. they're yeah. Yeah. So so in case you're in cl- in case we were wondering, no, no more wonder no more. They are definitely back together. Um, so we're gonna hit Matt's party next at Shooters. Um, Jane is there because I guess she's back from New York. Remember, Richard sent her on a red herring. A trip um, so that he could be alone with the with with Joe in Hawaii. Um, Michael is there, and that's when he tells Matt about changing his score. Understandably, Matt freaks out, um, and Matt <laughs> now thinks Michael wants something from him. So, <laughs> so, um, so, so he's sort of in the same situation that Michael is in with Sid. Uh, sort of, yes. Yeah. Um. So many transactions taking place on the block. I know, and you know, it's weird though. Like, I mean, Matt was upset, obviously, but he wasn't like 
we have to tell them what you like what ha like you know what I mean? He wasn't like we have to tell them the truth. He was like Yeah, Matt's like Matt's like, Oh shit, this is messy. In other news, I've gotten to med school, so let's move on. Right. But maybe it was because it was only by two points. May I mean maybe we don't know. Matt has always seemed to be an arbiter of integrity, but now yeah. he just wants to go to med school. It was a very unmat like thing to happen. Actually, and- it was, but Anyway, very odd. We need him in med school. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go to Hawaii, uh, where Richard... Slash the Ramada. Yeah, the Ramada. um, In Reseda, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We're in Richard's Richard's in his room. Jane calls, and she's basically trying to woo Richard over the phone. And uh, while he's on the phone with Jane, Joe walks into his room wearing only a slip, slip and she basically seduces him. Joan walks out. Uh, Joe walks out of their bathroom wearing only a slip, while he is wearing only a towel. Yeah, she's already in there. So, twist, guys. Joe and Richard have moved on with each other. Looks like they've hooked up. Yeah. Okay, so at Haley's house now, Haley is packing up the mom's creepy room. Remember. And Brooke comes by, I guess, and sees this and blames Allison for it. And um, in- she blame Allison for an earthquake. Yeah, yeah, she would. And in the middle of this argument between Haley and Brooke, Haley gets an emergency phone call. Billy and Allison's plane has gone missing. It is off the radar. Nobody knows where it is. So any other show, this would be the end of the episode. This is your big climactic cliffhanger. Uh, will they or won't they survive? A good publicist would probably do a thing about the actors and negotiations. Are these guys sticking around? Blah, blah, blah. No. We we're find out after, the, com- yeah, we find out after the commercial through. break. Yeah, yeah, we're only halfway through. We're only halfway through. Um, so, yeah, we're only halfway through the episode now. Can you believe it? This is See what I mean? This episode is packed. Right, and that, again, to the series' credit, that they are able to do this, that there's that much to jam into an episode when you're already doing 32 episodes in one year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have probably made taken this a little bit slower, but it's fine. We're just going to keep moving. Yeah, I mean, and yes, they should have taken it a little bit slower, but we move on. Yes. Okay, so now we're at the scene of the plane crash where there's a nice little fire going. I don't know who lit it, but Allison's the, um, staying with the, the It must have been the pilot. It must have been the pilot. Like, the aircraft is not on fire, but they did light a nice little campfire. Right. Um, right. Right by the wreckage. Right by the wreckage. <laughs> so the pilot is, everybody's fine. Um, the pilot says he's going to hike out to get help. Um, they, they, they emergency landed, whatever happened, in desert area, like, hours away from, like, actual, like, city life. Yes, it will take him six hours to hike out, so he's got to get a move on. And he's like, no, you guys just stay here by the fire and talk. I'll bear the brunt of this. Bye. (laughs) He's like, later. Um, And so basically, Amanda, uh, Amanda, Allison is sort of kind of making her moves on Billy a little bit. Yeah, I mean, she's basically doing what Jake told her to do, and she's like, this is my moment where I'm going to determine, I'm either going to, this is my fork in the road. Right. And Billy's last chance, or I'm just going to grab the brass ring and go with Haley. And and he he grabs the brass ring because he tells Allison that Brooke is pregnant. And um, and Billy basically says to her, I, I, I don't know what you want from me. And, and he's like, I can't love you. And that's it. Which, kind of rational for Billy. 
I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, you know, I mean, although I don't know why he isn't running, like, scared from Brooke. I mean, she kind of lied to him throughout their whole marriage, and he just keeps going, okay, don't do it again. Yeah, he's, like, tolerating her more than seemingly is in love with her, but doesn't seem to be in any hurry to leave. Yeah, and it's bizarre, too, because you figure, like, Allison had, like, uh, like was dealing with a way bigger issue when she said she couldn't marry him because she was dealing with these issues. And he was like, well, if you don't love me enough, then, like, fuck off, you know, basically. And, like, with yeah. Brooke, he yeah. keeps giving her these free passes. Yeah, it must be nice to completely reinvent your personality every season. Yeah, and, be, and be a terrible actor while at the same time. That's the one <laughs> consistent thing. That's Bad true. Acting. What 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 uh, can we match from year to year? Bad acting. Bad acting. Okay, so now we go to Haley's, and and again, the fastest plane crash in history. We find out everybody's okay. Yeah, they get they get a phone, or he gets a phone call. It sounds like they really didn't have any trouble. Like they didn't even lose sleep. They all went to a bedroom and slept on it, and in the morning found out that everything was okay. And everything's okay, and everything everybody's fine. And so after that happens, that's when Brooke drops the um, pregnant daddy bombshell on Haley and says that she wants um, Billy and her and the baby-to-be to move into the guest house on daddy's property. And I have to say, Haley didn't look very happy about that. No, because he knows his daughter sucks. I know. And again, though, here we go. We're inventing a new character, basically, because Haley was on her side at the beginning. Right, the beginning because beginning. Haley, Haley was wrapped around her finger and was conspiring with his daughter. Not even like he liked Billy or hated Alice. It was just whatever Brooke wants. Right, right. So anyway, relief all around um, that everybody's fine. So we go back to the scene of the crash where Allison apologizes now to Billy and she basically says, look, I'm wrestling with a very big decision and I needed to, you know, basically saying it's time for us to move on. I see that. And then Billy kisses her. And I'm like, what? Why? What are you doing? Why now? Why yeah. now? I guess it's, it could be construed as a goodbye forever kiss. But why even kiss? It just was, oh, Billy, what are you doing? Doug, Doug doesn't know. Doug left us for a minute because he just doesn't know either. I'm back. I, I did not hear what you said, though. So was there a question? There was. It was, what the hell is Billy doing? He's kissing Allison. He's not supposed to kiss but Allison. Like, I mean, I, I don't really think they intended it like this. I think you're reading that it could be a goodbye kiss makes more sense than anything. But if you're going to do that, then do it that night when they're alone after the crash. Do it when they have, like, adrenaline or fear or something going on. This just feels... Uh, like uh, tacked on coda to the 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 conversation they had the night before. I agree. Okay, so we're going to Amanda's where Peter has the autopsy report. Autopsy. The autopsy, and it was a ruptured artery in his brain from the fall. Now I don't know. Did Peter doctor that report? He must have, because that's not what happened. Okay. If he had a ruptured artery from the fall, then he wouldn't have been in a coma that long. He would have just been dead. I don't know. Maybe it just took a minute to rupture? I mean, you know, anything's possible. I'm not in med school like Matt, so... I know. We I should know. ask Matt. 
Yeah. And that's when uh, Amanda and Peter are getting a little devious about Sid. And I guess they're going to hoist her on her own petard. On her own petard. Well done. Um, but yeah, they're like, we all know what Sydney really wants. Michael. So we're going to we're gonna get back at her. And, I mean, they're not wrong. Right. Okay, so the rescue has happened. And Allison and Billy are whisked to, to Haley's home. Um, both of them together, and Haley is so relieved that Allison's okay, and and that he he actually asks Allison again, but this time he does it on bended knee. And in my notes, I say, and it's amazing. I must have really mm-hmm. liked this scene, um, even though I don't remember. And he has a ring, and it's beautiful, and it's tears, and it's romantic. And Allison is swept up in the moment, and she says yes, and. Rook and Billy are not happy. No, but tough. But it's like, it's none of their business. No, I mean, Brooke acts like she's got a claim on her dad. No, girl, you don't. And Billy, you certainly had no claim on Allison. Especially not after the crash, you know? Like, I mean, she she kind of gave him, an, you know, you like had, a chance. You had your chance, yes. Yeah, she gave him the final chance, and he blew it. Anyway. By the way, if this were a daytime uh, drama slash soap opera, do you know what would have happened? They would have gone missing for twenty years in the for- in the woods in the desert. They would have they would have been missing. And and I think I think I think because Doug's not here to say this yet. Um, I think there would have uh, been Al- amnesia. No, 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 no. Did you just miss what I said? I totally missed it. Okay, they would have had three weeks of being, like, missing and unaccounted for. Billy and Allison would have had sex, and into the engagement, Allison would have been pregnant, and we would have not known who the father was for a while. And then there would have been amnesia. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do they do amnesia that much anymore? No, but back that then might have they would have, if it was That daytime. might have been a real—well, well, first of all, daytime still exists to a degree. There's still, like, four surviving shows. But, yeah, that was a real 20th century thing. 80s, 90s, amnesia was great. I think we should bring back amnesia. How can we do this? I don't know, but I, I think I it agree, needs to be done. It okay. needs to be done. The timing is great because it's a new year upon us, so that will be my resolution. Bring back amnesia. Yes. The, the, 20, the 2020s will be the decade of amnesia. All about amnesia. I love yes. it. Decade love of amnesia. It. Here we go. Not Make so it a thing, guys. Make it a thing. Bring back amnesia. BBA. Okay, okay, we are at a doctor's office, and I guess it's the doc. I guess it's Peter and Michael's office. I just have doctor's office. I don't know. Um, yes, it's a, yeah. <laughs> Amanda is there to talk to Sid, and she hands her fifty cents, two quarters. She sold Jack's estate for a dollar. Damn, she's sly. Yeah, and so and then and then she drops that Kimberly is moving into Melrose Place. Um. And she tells, uh, oh, into she's not only is Kimberly moving into Melrose Place, she's moving into Sid's apartment. I think. How's that for a head scratcher? And Amanda tells Sid that she needs to move in with Michael. And then, and then the sort of best line is Sid went, "Oh my God, you're even better at this than I am." <laughs> They're really good with the self awareness. I was dying. That was so awesome. I was like, oh my god, this is perfect. Because, yeah, basically, Amanda fixed Sid. 
Yeah, they're, they're, uh, this episode, they're really good at the self-awareness. Yeah, there was some petard hoisting going on yeah. there. <laughs> okay, so we're back at D&D where Haley, remember, has an account, his accounts with them now. So he's there in the office, and Brooke is giving Haley an ultimatum that if he marries Allison, she is going to cut him off from her, his, his grandchild, from the baby. So to got- which, if I were Haley, I'd be like, thanks. Yeah, I know, and um, and and then I don't, and then I guess Haley and Allison are eloping because I guess Haley was like, okay, later. He took that threat, and he was like, nope. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I mean they act like they don't have any other friends in town, but um, but yeah, basically it's their connections to to Brooke and Billy are essentially severed. Yes. Which, fine. Which, it needs to, I mean, yeah, it needs to be. They, they need to be. We need to move on. Okay, back on Melrose Place, Kimberly is moving in. She's got a bracelet back on. I don't know how they fixed it so quickly. No. Um, and then she's, like, moving into her apartment, and she looks out the window, and that's when she sees Peter kissing Amanda, and she has Jealous Face on. Yeah. Which, I mean... <sighs> I mean, I'm, yeah, please. I'm still hung up on the she gets to move into Melrose Place thing. But, um, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 so the question is, how psycho will this drive Kimberly to be now? So we'll see. Uh, I know. I'm kind of getting tired of, like, psycho Kimberly going mental over these men. Like, can't she just be unhinged and not tied to, like, a dude? I don't know. Maybe I'm asking too much in the Me Too movement. Okay, we're going to go to Mexico because Mexico's better than Melrose Place right now. And Haley and Allison are getting married in this beautiful church, um, beautiful rustic church in Mexico by candlelight. And the priest is officiating in Spanish. It is gorgeous. If I had to get married again, I think that's what I want to do. I think we've lost Doug for real. So I'm just going to keep on chattering away over here and talk about this Mexico thing because it was really that beautiful. And actually, I think that Doug and Alyssa should get married in Mexico by a priest that only speaks Spanish in a candlelit old, very old, ancient, 300-year-old. I've got him back, you guys. Sorry for the extended uh, departure this time. It was uh, like you just got booted right off. It was like they were I'm, like, later. Yeah, it was. I Usually it's gone for a few seconds, then it comes back, makes a weird noise. It made the noise double, and then I didn't hear anything. <laughs> and apparently, while this happened, Karen said something very lovely about me. Yeah, I was actually planning your wedding. Oh, maybe that should be your gig, my wedding planner. I was totally planning a wedding because I was saying Haley and Allison eloped in Mexico and they were having this beautiful candlelight, candlelit wedding ceremony. It was just the two of them. The priest was doing it in Spanish and it was gorgeous. And I was like, oh, I would love to be there at that wedding. So you guys do a destination wedding in Mexico in like a 500-year-old monastery with priests doing it in Spanish. I'd be Sounds all over good. that. I'll invite all my Jewish relatives, and uh, I don't see a problem there. Yeah, done. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Now we're going to oh, go to... It the... is, 
Yeah. It is, though it's, though it's, the point is that they're alone. It is, I think, actually very romantic. It is. It was absolutely beautiful. And I also said, I said, God, if I could get married over again, that's what I, that's probably what I would want to do. Well, you know, always good to have that in mind. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're down to our last scene in this episode. We're going to the beach house, Michael's beach house, where she, uh, Sid shows up with Chinese food and basically says, I'm moving in, and Michael is like, no, and I'm not going to let you do it, and then Sid's like, I'm going to, I, I'm going to blackmail you, and then she's like, and she's like, there, I did it, you're blackmailed, that was exactly what she said to him, she was like, let me move in, or I will blackmail you, there, you're blackmailed. Yeah, and it's actually really funny because, you know, like, she, she's not doing it in, like, a particularly loud or angry or threatening way. She's just like, all right, well, this was my plan, and I came over here to do this, and, Michael, you've just given me no choice, and there it is. You're blackmailed, Michael. I'm moving in. So that was the cliffhanger. Out of every cliffhanger we had, we had cliffhangers through this whole episode, and that's what they left it on. I think we lost Doug again. I, oh, there's the there's the beep. Are you, are you still I'm with here. us? I'm, okay, good. I'm, I'm I'm here, so maybe not for long. So we'll wrap up now. But yeah, it's it's like a very it's like a soft landing. It's like yeah. instead of there's all these ways to end. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's a hard out. This is just like a soft landing. Yeah, or like I mean, like I feel like they probably should have just ended it with. You know, Haley and and Allison. They should have. They should have totally done it with them in the monastery, candlelit, and just sort of faded to black. Yeah, that's because exactly what that would have been. been. Sort of pretty and beautiful and a lovely thing to end on. Yeah. But we're going to end on with there, you're blackmailed, which is fine. I love Sid, and it's always great to see her. But it was a weird ending. Yeah, that's not the way to end it. No, no. that's not your tag. No. Yeah. No. So there, that's the episode. Thank so, you guys for putting up with you. the weird thing going on indeed we, we we hope to figure it out but we're glad to at least be back and and get one final recap in before the end of the before year hopefully we we'll try to get another i mean i guess technically next week we're gonna try and yeah. get another one in but um thank you thank you for your patience and again an appeal to anyone oh you lost me but nope, i was just you're there. I, you're there. I was just i was just groveling um Thanking you all for your patience and, um, and, and again, uh, making an appeal to anyone who is tech-savvy enough to say, hey, we know what you need and we know how to fix this. Um, you know how to find us. Um, we, are, we have a Facebook page, Back on the Block Pod. Um, and don't let this affect your uh, iTunes reviews either because, you know. We're soldiering through, guys. We're, we're trying to through. be very conscientious about all of this, so, <laughs> so just respect. Um, but yeah, we're 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 happy to be back, Karen. I've missed talking to you about Melrose. Oh, and, I've missed you too. Um. So yeah, I think I think that'll be it for this week, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't even think that we can. I don't even. I don't even think that we can go to Hollywood Boulevard this week. Not this week. I think. Uh, let's not run while we're still learning to walk although uh, i do want to say something because it's tis the season there was a thing going around on twitter i don't know if it was a thing maybe it was just a thing with a few people that i follow so it might not have been a big thing but it was like basically people were saying what is the least christmas movie christmas movie out there or scariest christmas movie or like something like that like creepy christmas movie and so it basically had to be like it couldn't be die hard 
because that's I was going to, I was just going to ask, Oh, is this a diehard thing? Okay. No, it couldn't be diehard because that it just, it wasn't a Christmas movie. It was a movie that happened to take place during Christmas. And so everyone was throwing shit out there, like the ref and this, and that. And I'm like, okay, I don't remember if it was movie specifically, but I want to throw into the ring. I want to throw into the ring. It's not a movie, but I think it should be in there. Nosferatu. I'm finally watching it. Oh, you mean the the adaptation of the Joe Hill Nosferatu? Yes, the adaptation oh, of the okay. Joe the Hill. show. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm finally catching up with it after watching that first episode and being like, eh. And I'm still a little eh, but I will say I think that it would it should it should be included because it's like about this like creepy vampire dude who kidnaps little children and takes them to this place called Christmasland, and it is this place that is divided his he devised in his imagination, and it snows and there's always Christmas lights and there's a Santa and presents and candy canes and so. Even though it doesn't take place during Christmas, it's very important. It takes place in, like, you know, April or, I mean, it's hard to say. I can't really suss out when it takes place because, like, there, you know, it seems like it's fall, but everybody's getting accepted into college. I'm not quite clear on that. But basically, it is not Christmas time. Um, but because of Christmas land, it feels very Christmassy. Um, and therefore, I think it should be included in that list i love that i think that's a great idea that's a great tie-in so i have not watched the series i just watched the first scene of the first episode because an actress friend of mine is murdered in the very beginning so i watched to support her um and that's that was all i saw of the show oh but, she played um, the mom of the kid that got kidnapped right away yeah right away? in the very beginning yeah oh. that's my friend a wonderful actress named meg mcquillan um I want to make sure that didn't get lopped off. No, it that, did not. Y'all heard that right. Okay, yeah. Meg McQuillan and a terrific actress, Barnon, and a, a lovely wife, mother, and friend. Um, and she's the reason I watched the first scene of Nosferatu. Um, she so, died great. Yeah. She was so, fantastic. So good on you, Meg. And when I post this, I'll make sure I tag you in that as well. She was fantastic. Um, I'll do my mini Hollywood Boulevard thing, too. It has really nothing to do with um, the holidays or New Year other than it's a holiday movie that I saw in the theater. Um, and that is Knives Out um, with Daniel Craig. I and see that. I have to tell you, I haven't had this much fun at a movie in years. Really? Like, there are good movies that I've seen and liked because they were so well made. And this is well made, but it's fabulous. It is so much fun. It is such a great funny take on the like Agatha Christie crime solving imprint. It's just, it's awesome. And I won't say anything about it except if anyone has seen it, reach out to me, you know, privately. Cause you know, I just don't want to ruin anything by talking about it. Uh, I could write about it in depth some other time though. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Recommend it so highly. It's so much fun. Well scripted, well acted, well directed, well, everything. It's, it's a huge recommendation. Oh, I'm trying to see if I can, if it's around, around me, I can't. I hope, I hope it is. Or I hope it is too. I hope it is too. Cause it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, I really, really, really want to watch that. So yeah, it's, it's funny. It, it, it gets all of the clues of like the detective mystery stuff really well. So that's, that's my plug. I have to admit, I have been so out of the loop. Like I've just been so busy. Like I, like, it's just, I don't even know what's going on out there in the world. 
No, and you know, I was looking at the like the Golden Globe nominees and trying to see what are all the things I still have to watch and catch up on between TV and movies. I'm surprised my pen didn't run out of ink. The list is just so long. Oh my god, and we didn't, we haven't even talked about Golden Globes. That should be maybe the next one because maybe Succession, yeah. Brian Cox yeah. got the Golden Globe nod, which was lovely. I was very happy. Yes, yes. My my fiance is is torn because Jeremy Strong was not also recognized. I uh, thought that was bizarre. It, uh, you know, I think he doesn't really campaign, and he's not as well known. And we'll see. Maybe come Emmy's time, it'll be different. But yes, so maybe next week we will do a pre Golden Globes chat. Um, and the, the awards themselves are in about two weeks. So one way or another, you're about to get a deluge of Doug talking uh, about the holiday movies and the awards. So yes. forewarned is forearmed. Cannot say you weren't told. And also want to throw in there we did do our rewatch of um our annual rewatch of um of home for the of holidays, holidays. Yeah. <laughs> but we were never able to talk about it because of technical difficulties but we did do it and i was so happy i um yeah we both watched it in advance of thanksgiving because it's a great thanksgiving movie and then um we're not able to record before thanksgiving or right after. So yeah. um, the movie is still amazing. Karen, we should probably talk about this more. But next year is the movie's 25th anniversary. And I really think I should pitch something about it somewhere. So wow. we should, we should talk about, about that. Because, you know, what I found out recently, and I was going to talk about this that we never had a chance to. This was actually based on a, a short story. A novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ran apparently in the Boston Phoenix. Which was yeah. the sort of village voice of Boston. It was the it was the alt weekly up in Boston. Um, I knew the Phoenix because there was also a Providence version, um, which I actually didn't realize. And I I I found it. I dug up the um, the the story on on the good old internets and found it. And I didn't think it was as good as the movie. Oh, <gasps> what? Well, that's often. Hey, hey, that's something that happens. I know, but it's something... not supposed to happen. Well, yeah, it's always like the book is better than the movie. But you know right. what? When you, when you, I think, adhere to what the the story was, I think it's probably always going to be the written version is better than the film adaptation. But when you really change around a lot of the stuff, I think you often can find that you improve upon the source material. Yeah. And I think this is the case of in opening up and embellishing it and certainly in casting it with like as exquisite an ensemble as has ever oh. been assembled. Yeah. Like you, you can only improve. Yeah. It was an absolutely gorgeous cast. So there you have it. A mini Hollywood a little Boulevard. Ooh, sorry. Um, uh, but I just wanted to do one more quick plug oh, sure. since I'm filter free. Uh, I haven't seen the new Greta Gerwig adaptation of Little Women. Um, and I have every reason to believe it's great because I love the book and I think she's terrific. Great cast also. But I do want to call out, if you haven't seen it, the 1994 adaptation with Winona Ryder I and um, Claire Danes. I love that adaptation. That is a really underrated gem. That movie is a masterpiece. I I don't think any adaptation can equal it. I think that is a perfect movie. Um, but I'm willing to give this one a shot. But I do want to say, if you haven't seen that 94 adaptation, which, by the way, Winona Ryder got what was considered a surprise nomination for in the time, I don't know if she's ever been better. Um, that The whole movie is, is perfect and beautiful and adapts the movie in a way that never feels like stuffy or fuzzy or old. Um, 
So, you know, if you're home and you just want to kick back and watch something for a couple of hours, Jesus Christ, you missed everything I just said, but I'm just going to say... We heard that. Watch ninety, watch the 94 Little Women or Home for the Holidays. Yes. That's there. Yeah, yeah that's, what, yeah. that's, that's your marching orders over the next couple of days where you have a little downtime. Yes, and clearly Skype is now tired of me talking, so I'll right. shut up. All righty, so thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Yes, hopefully you'll hear from us again once more before the new year. But just in case, happy holidays all around. Exactly. Tis the season. Drink lots of nog. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I'm going to pour myself something now. Sweet. All All right, right. y'all. Bye. Bye, guys.